Let me first say that in the previous session that we have been dealing with leadership, the focus of our looking into leadership is sustainable leadership. That is a leadership formula that will have impact and it can be sustained. Now, in looking at sustainable leadership, we are looking at the theories of leadership, the levels of leadership. That is, you know, theories of leadership in the area of, you know, what people have defined various types of leadership. And um, levels of leadership in looking at uh, leadership as addressed to a person, which is micro, and meso leadership as applied to a team, and then the macro leadership as applied to an industry or global. But then I want to concentrate a little bit on high-impact leadership. High-impact leadership, as we looked at that yesterday, is just... Um, it is a depiction or description of an, a, a leadership method or style that has equal effect from the top to the grassroots. And I said to you yesterday, I would define that as an equipotential leadership. That is, from the top to the grassroots of your organization or church, the leadership is effective. And when that is achieved, you will discover that instruction you give at the, at the, at the top level, everybody on the, on the, on the, at the grassroots, they will run with it. It will, make, it will give you less headache as a minister. And it will make your people more fulfilled. What you don't want to do as a minister is to, to be the hero of your church and keep moving without recognizing that people are too far away from you. The danger of that is that you are not impacting the people at all. And suddenly you may begin to lose some people to so, so, so false doctrine until you will discover that all those who have stood by you before have left. And it will remain only you. Because you are moving you are not considering your stakeholders, internal stakeholders, or the effects or the impact of your style of leadership. Do we get it now? So is the reason for high-impact leadership. Now, I will not be able to cover it with you because it's a curriculum that should be covered for 10 different sessions, maybe 10 weeks. But what about high-impact leadership? few things you could write. The high-impact approach to leadership is, number one, positive. Number two, it is proactive. Number three, it is purposeful. It is progressive. It is responsible and conscious. Let me read it again. Positive, one, proactive, two, purposeful, <coughs> that is three, progressive, that is four, responsible, five, unconscious. I think this is in your printout. Yes. All right, there. So I can move fast on this section. If you haven't got the printer, you'll get it where we close. High-impact leadership is motivated by purpose. You will never advance in life without a defined purpose. So the driver behind a high-impact leader is purpose, but not just purpose. Your purpose must align with delivering positive outcomes to society. Let me give you an example. CFT is not fulfilled here if this neighborhood cannot feel the effect. I will get there now. When you look at Cadbury, why is Cadbury in every mouth? 
because Cadbury if affects the people local and they affect the people universal. Everybody will buy their stuff, so Cadbury is everywhere. It's in every mouth. Even those who don't use them regularly, still mentioned them. You call Cadbury, they understand what you're talking about. And that is a result of high impact leadership. A high impact leadership must align, if it's in industry, your commercial success with delivering positive outcome to society. In your own case, as church leaders, we don't have commercial products, but we have Christ, we have our faith, and the way we package it must have effect and impact on the people people around, even if they are not subscribers to, to, to you. The consideration of a high-impact leader transcends financial gain. A high-impact leader is not financial gain-centered. Why? They consider the impact of their leadership internally and externally. They measure their success by the achievement of their internal focus. And the internal focus of this church is to build up everybody to be overcomers. The internal focus of this church is to build a church where everybody loves one another and they are bonding. So for an, a high impact leader in this context, it is achieving a church that there is love and achieving the church where a person joins the church in a year who is miserable, but within one year he has direction. The second year he has started stepping into achieving success. The third year he is successful. Somebody who has low esteem comes into this house there is nothing you tell him that he can believe in himself. But by associating with this family, in a short time, that concept changes by the methods that you apply. Teaching, programs, you know, ventures, events, and we looked at this in corporate governance. So, but not necessarily that we have money. Alright? You are not driven by financial gain. You are driven by life-changing, transformation of human life. That's an impact leader. In implementing your strategies, you must consider the impact, the broader picture. The, the broader picture, your impact on the environment, the social concern or societal concern. Environmental concern, societal concern. I told you yesterday that for environmental compliance in this church, we change... We're changing our, our, our source of electricity to, you know, solar. Carbon foot, footprint down. And uh, we, have, we have, in some areas in this church where it's applicable, we have put in uh, sensors so that when you go into the area, the light comes on. When you move out of the area, the light goes up by itself. So that we are not burning more currents. Apart from the fact that it has financial benefits, but it is compliance on society. Uh, a church must watch out for the peace and convenience of your society so that you are not praying and your prayer is disturbing neighbors. God will not answer that prayer. Making noise, disturbing the peace of people when they have to sleep, you are disturbing them. You must be very conscious of societal concerns. At the same time, you must look out for, and this I give you the assignment, a concern of society, maybe social, that your child can address. Which will put your church in the map of the neighborhood. It could be homelessness. It could be helping, you know, the hungry. It could be a borrow, a council, borrow law council for people who have legal issues. It could be psychological council. Those who are professionals in that area in the church, we offer that free. It could be basic training on accounting, which will be affordable, which will be offered to the whole community. 
It could be mentoring. It could be getting engaged in political you know, involvement, school governorship and all stuff, stuff like that. You have to look for, in your own area, what is the social need that your church can identify with where you can have impact on the society. That is the mentality of a high-impact leader. Now, note this. High-impact leaders are the people who are able, leaders who are able to engage others and lead with purpose and vision. You have a vision, you can give it to people, they own the vision, and you can influence everyone to work together to achieve the same goal. And they'll be happy to do it. In that, there are people who truly help the team members to grow. Train, equip, create an enabling environment. And you know what people attain in such a team? They will attain their personal goals and their professional goals. And they will also attain higher ability in professionalism when people work under you. Because by working under you, things that they did not know before they came, they learn. And that makes them better professionals. But at the same time, because they have learned and they have been better, it will make your own vision easier and more achievable. That is the concept of a high-impact leader. Now, for you as a high-impact leader to achieve this, what do you require yourself? You require personal growth, self-awareness, understanding of how self-knowledge leads to stronger leadership capabilities. Study to show yourself approved workman, isn't it? Study to show yourself approved workman. Because you who want to lead people must also lead by example. You remember servant leadership. So you must equip yourself. Don't just say, ah, they are doing the computer for me. Learn the computer from the one who knows it. Oh, they are doing social media for me. Know what they do in social media so they can do it yourself. Because the people that you have with you who will teach you those things, who knows? They may be transferred from that area. And if when they are with you, you did not glean from them, you may not be able to have knowledge of what they are doing. Plus the fact that if somebody is doing a particular thing in a church, a skillful thing, and he's the only one who does it, that is a bad leadership. Because should that person be ill, be sick, or be, be transferred, or moved on, then that area will suffer. And in the area whereby you are an impact, you are, you know, you, you are a, a, a high-impact leader, you will have known it yourself. You will have known it yourself because you can now train others if that person leaves. So understand this. The more self-awareness you develop, the more you will be able to leverage your personal skill, traits, and abilities to hone a high-impact leadership style. I'm able to teach you this now because I just went to study this course on sustainable leadership in Cambridge University. So I decided to do that because I recognized that, oh, I've been teaching leaders for years. Let me be trained so that I can be a proper certificate professional in it. Or strange enough, when I went into it, they didn't expect a clergyman to be there. So they are teaching me like they are teaching the CEO of KPMG or Produce and Gambles or Cadbury or Unilever or PwC. While they are teaching and applying it to commodities, to services, of course, as a bishop, I fall under services, which is the product of the bank. So what they are teaching... Because I have been involved in teaching leaders for years in the church, I'm able to adapt to what they are teaching to church. I think it will be the first time that such will be done. It is a new course in Cambridge University, 
But I've just said this. I was talking to uh, a couple of people. When I finished this in Cambridge University, another course that I saw, which I have to go for, is cybersecurity in Harvard. <laughs> yes. Do you know why? Because in the short term, I'll be telling you, I'll be telling you the problems that the external factors that challenges high-impact leadership. And when we talk about the external factors that challenges high-impact leadership, you'll be aghast. I tell you this. But let's get on this, one step and then the other. Your self-awareness to know who you are, what you are, and what you need. That's self-awareness. All right? And the more of self-awareness you develop, okay, the more you'll be able to leverage your personal traits and skills. That is turning your skill and your traits for effective style of leadership. Okay? High-impact leaders will also be able to navigate complexity, catalyze change in reshaping social and economic system. You will be able to deliver positive social and environment, environmental outcome. Let me say this to you. The greatest problem for church is change. The greatest problem for human beings is change. One of my professors now that I just went to listen to when we left here, he said something. He said it is not doing the, the bad thing better. It is doing the good thing rather than trying to do the bad thing better. The better of a bad thing is worse. You know, we stick our head into this is the way we do things. This is the way we do things. And the way is bad. It did not achieve results for five years, ten years. And you keep on saying, let us improve it. Close it down. It is a matter of doing the right thing. Not doing, trying to do the bad thing better. You get it now. So, a high impact leader navigates complexities. When things are totally modeled up, he can navigate and give direction. That's what makes him a high impact leader. And of course, a good servant leader. He catalyzes changes all the time. When you get to a bottleneck, he'll just tell you how to get out of it. But you understand that that man must have acquired skills. He must acquire knowledge. And must be able to leverage his skill and his knowledge to get his result. Are you getting it now? For high-impact leadership, three things you need. You need right mindset at average level of the organization. A correct mindset. And your own mindset is very simple. First Corinthians 2.16. We all have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5. Let that attitude also be found in you that was in what? Christ Jesus. That's your mindset. Your question is, would Jesus do it this way? Yes, so I do it. Would Jesus treat people this way? Yes, I treat them that way. If Jesus will not treat people that way, why are you treating people that way? This is his industry. We take from the master. Attitude. Mindset. The second thing is, you need to have positive impact at all levels. As high impact leader. Positive impact at all levels. Especially when you are addressing the effect of change and shifting context of leadership. You know, we set up a structure for leadership. We can restructure it so as to achieve a name. I told you that in this church, when I appoint people to be departmental leaders, after some time, let's say I appoint you to be head of choir, and somebody came now after to join the church, who is an expert in it. Why should you not step down? If you find it, to, if you find it hard to step down, then pride and arrogance are entered you. Really, you are the one supposed to say, uh, Apostle, this person is better than me. Why can't he take over? 
that is what the Bible is saying. That, that's what the teaching is saying. Amen? Number two is what I've given to you. Two, you must be positive. You must have positive impact at every level. So that when you are addressing change and the shifting context of leadership is just acceptable. Number three, you need to know that though purpose-led or high-impact leadership is driven from the top, however, a leader who will truly impact people must recognize this. It, is all, it also requires cooperation and collaboration. It comes from the top, but you must cooperate and collaborate. And you need effective leadership at all levels. Jesus, the Bible says, though he was fully God, Colossians 1, but he did not take that as a thing to be grasped. And he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. He learned, he learned, he learned humility by suffering. He learned obedience by suffering unto death. And the Bible says also the book of Israel, he who ascended to the highest place also descended to the lowest region. And if you look at that collation, it says, because of that, God gave him name that is above all names because of humility. So if somebody is bossing and puffing, God laughs at him. He's not representing God, he's representing himself. However, if we look at all these things that is required for high-impact leadership, you will agree with me that high-impact leadership is built on thinking, values, and practice to deliver purpose. Thinking, values, and practice. Be thou an example. Hebrew chapter 13 verse 7. The Bible says that the church should observe the leaders that are among them. Imitate their way of life. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Thinking, values, and practice. And you remember the advantage of a transformational leader. He begins as a leader. He becomes the custodian of morals because he has raised other leaders. Did we get it now? Good. Now, thinking. In thinking, he develops the contextual insights, mindset, and knowledge. If a person thinks very, very much on process, on the vision, on the structure, on the operations, that person will be able all the time to confront, it will have contextual insight to confront situations and navigate through complexity. His mindset will always be fruitful. And because of that, his knowledge will increase. And all this is what works out innovation. Innovation is ability to apply new things. That is innovation. A man cannot innovate if he doesn't think. What about values? An impact leader, high impact leader, it develops the value, his values, with a sense of agency and worldview in his mind. Your values must affect insight and it must have good effect on outside stakeholders. That is what makes people know you. That's what they, they, that will make people know your brand. And that's what will make people know your name in the area. 
because you have affected them to your values. And in leadership, in practice rather, he transforms every team member to leaders. The conclusion is that leaders, the leaders, the leaders that will face the revolution tomorrow must be high impact leaders. I will tell you the reason why that is the conclusion. Let's look at a few other things just for another five minutes. Every organization is faced with internal challenges and external challenges. Internal challenges, you give an instruction, some people obey, some people disobey. Some people omit it. But some people deliberately disobey. Because in the house, you have nobles and ignobles. Are we together? Internal challenges will always sometimes lead you to restructuring. If you put somebody, if you raise somebody a leader, and that person became, you know, uh, a transactional leader, which will destroy your own work. All right? You can restructure and structure him out. <laughs> so that he's still a leader, but he's non-functional. <laughs> and the one that you know has taken after your spirit who will transform others, who has the heart of transforming others, not taking glory, can take the lead. There are internal problems. The greatest internal problem to an organization is change. Especially if you apply, if you go to another organization, they say, come and turn this organization around. The first problem you face is internal changes. Because they are stuck with the way they do things. But a high-impact leader can navigate through it and bring everybody into conformity with the changes that you are doing. If you can practice transformational leadership and servant leadership. But then you have external challenges too. External challenges may be the area you are. Let's say that you are a black person and you are in the area of BMPs. And these are the BMPs who go about to kill black people. Anyone they see that is not their race, they attack. Excuse me. So the problem is that you expect people from the outside to come into the church. Those who are black like yourself are afraid of the area because they can't come because their life is in threat. And those who are white who want to come don't want to come because if they come, the other BMP may go and I'll go after them. But you have to thrive. A high-impact leader will navigate himself through it. You as Christians, you, know, you understand now that, you know, BMP or, you know, this sectorism is a spirit. Excuse me, someone? So if it's only you in your church, on your knees, you can bind every devil and pray them out of that region one after the other. They will pack their load one after the other and they shall leave. And on your knees you will pray, you can pray people into coming. And they will defile all those fears as a believer. But if I was um, a company, then we have to look at different ways we can rebrand our products. We have to first recognize the challenges. We have to recognize who are responsible for the challenge or what is responsible for the challenges for us to begin to think about solutions. If you are in Nigeria and you are in the area that Boko Haram is bombing people, I have a very good uh, minister who is part of us who, whose church is in Kano. And give him another place, he cannot leave Kano. All his members, majority of them are in Kano and they are not northerners in Nigeria. He's in England here, but his church is in Kano. He's, he's passing another branch here and after Pranayankan and pastor there for many years. What about those who have church in the very states where the Boko Haram is going to kill people? Will they leave that place because they are killing them? No. 
high impact leadership will navigate itself through it. And then look at the approach you have towards that area will be different from the approach you have towards other areas where they are all Christians. So you must look at the challenges that face you. The challenges that face us in London now is knife, knife crime and gang. Another challenge that face us in London is the um, social media attacking our children. Where many parents don't know that Satan is talking with their children through social media. And before you know it, some children begin to misbehave, abuse and stuff like that. The church must give an answer. And the only way is high impact leadership. Therefore, understanding key challenges involves to understand your customers better, your environment, or key issues that pose challenge to your vision. And you must understand your challenges well and define them. Having done that, you must also understand the opportunities available to you within the same challenges. Then you must work out how you can turn your challenges for your own benefit. Do we get it now? Yes, sir. That is high impact leadership. I told you the other time, it's not about doing the wrong thing better. It is about doing the right thing and doing it better. Your church must be purposeful. You will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem. Saturate your Jerusalem first. Because it's easier for the man on the streets there to walk down here. It costs him less to worship here. Than the people coming from Brixton. It costs them more money. If you have most of your parishioners traveling a distance to come, the offering they will have given, they have spent on transport. Are we together now? Yes, sir. When you have a need, you may not have many of them because traffic jam, all manners of jam. But if you focus on your Jerusalem and two-thirds of your members can walk five minutes there in church, you'll be more effective. That is high-impact leadership. Now, there is something that um, I may want to teach this among people who are more concerned with corporate operations. Because you have various challenges that face or various sources that bring challenges against you know, an industry set up in a place and which includes your industry, industry sector, the sector of industry you are, we are a religious order and a Christian sector. All right? Things that, that are root cause of challenges may involve your value chain, procedure by which you communicate your values to the outside. It may involve your stakeholders, which are internal stakeholders and external, I've explained that. And it may also involve your competitors. Many of you who are pastors, sometimes you can just discover that a liar, who is an imposter, deliverance minister, just set up beside you here, a church, and invited many people for deliverance. What do you do? Those are your competitors. Let me tell you what to do is to look at what they are doing and do it better. If people are going for seven days deliverance, and you command a demon and he leaves, I'm sure that everybody who went there will change course. It is not you who will pack up. It is him who will pack up. High impact leadership. And you all can attain that by forming a closer relationship with the Lord Himself. You can attend that on your knees by not being a pastor by profession, but by action. You can achieve that by not just telling people to seek God, but you yourself, you are in the front line of seeking God. These are elements that compound high impact leadership.
I will almost finish now because I want to talk about how do you enable leadership or what they call enablers of leadership. For you, I think that I have covered well enough. What I was going to talk about is what they call VUCA. Volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. This is another language that is brought into high-impact leadership, which describes the environment or the external stakeholder, all the challenges that you face when you look externally. And they expect that a high-impact leader must be able to operate in all this sector effectively and still deliver. It does not matter whether you are in a volatile situation or whether your, your environment is uncertain. It does not matter whether it's so complex. It does not matter whether it's unambiguous. If you apply the theories that you have been taught today, you will impact that community, you will impact that city, you will impact that nation, and you will get results of so winning. It's a matter of putting together all what you have been taught into action. Now, finally, what are the factors that can en enable you in your leadership, high-impact leadership? The first factor is innovation. And understand that I've told you, innovation will come because you think. You always think about how to do your things better. You always think about how to improve what you are doing. You always think about, is there something the other church there is doing which is positive and you can embalm and then take it? You always think about people who will come to the church new. When you hold meeting with them, you know, allow them to give you advice. Allow them to tell you what they feel. Allow them to look at what they, are, what they see here or what they think you can do to improve what you are seeing. They are seeing don't just say that a new person cannot tell you something. They came from somewhere. They have some experiences. Some are bad. Some are good. Allow them to tell you their bad experiences so that you won't fall the victim. Allow them to tell you, oh, but we can do this better so that they can feel ownership of the vision. Are we together now? Innovation comes by thinking. And then collaboration. And your collaboration... Is collaborating with among yourselves using the skills of those who are within and collaborating with like-minded organizations that is not part of the church. I've told you, if there is any church organization that is in your city, join them. We are part of Evangelical Alliance of Great Britain. I'm looking into churches together to look at their tenants and their approach to see whether we can join them. But you have to join organizations that are, are, are you know, around you. We are involved. This church is associated with a number of church organizations. We work with New Testament Church of God. We work with the Baptist Church. We work with Evangelical Churches. We work with several churches. You cannot be one tree in a forest and succeed. You must collaborate in within and without. The third factor is your stakeholders' engagement. You know your stakeholders are internal and external. Engage them all the time. Hold meetings with your members in their different sections. Let them advise. You know, in, in uh, London here, let me tell you. Let me tell you how London is formed. God gave me the vision to set up Christ with Tabernacle, but he gave me a wife. Yes? As I think about how to further this church, she's thinking about what to do. She's the one who taught about tabernacle women. When she was teaching them, the women, you know, character in the Bible, she found out that there are some women in the Bible who were bad examples, but there are some women with Moses who helped Moses to build the tabernacle. They brought their mirrors, they brought their trinket to build the tabernacle. And it is from that inspiration she created tabernacle women, which is not a group for everybody. Supposedly, every woman should graduate into it. But it is for the women who have the heart to help the ministry and build it up. They are the tabernacle women. When she started it, it is not without contention. 
There are a few, one or two uh, fragments of women in our church from the top level, from the leadership level, who, who challenge that, uh, which one is tabernacle women. But high impact leadership neglect that and get those who are willing. And those who are willing, the other one who, is, who are leaders involved, have undermined these ones who are doing nothing. So she has to look for those who are willing, train them, and the group took off. Okay? And then among those who criticized, after the group has not taken off, they wanted to come back, and that is where I, I, I stepped in. They now came because they want to take glory. You understand what I'm telling you? They're not the kind of leadership you are leading. They're not like you. But one mistake she made was that one of them who came to do that, she allowed her. And then after some time when I came to the court, I said, why did you allow this person? There's no sentiment in leadership. The moment she came, you tell her you go under this person and you make it known before them. This is the one I appointed. You are coming now, you are coming under to serve. It doesn't matter who you are. High impact leadership because anybody with wrong mindset who leads your people will frustrate your intention. I'm talking about engaging with stakeholders. She's the one who started the Joannas. I came to me and said, see Joanna, she read it in the Bible. The wife of Cusa, they were the one helping Jesus Christ to wardrobe. Whatever okay, they started. She established the Joannas. In this church, the ushers came to me one day and told me, one of the members who did the psychology said that they did a training in psychology. And she ran me through the training. I said, ah, we need this. Go and train the children's Sunday school teachers. She did a manual, professional manual, because she is professional. When she was training them, I was sitting at the back. I said, my daughter has become something else. Okay? And that had a great impact. Somebody in this church uh, came and said that, oh, he's a fire marshal. And the government expected to, to, to train fire marshals. I said, where well, do fire marshal qualify? She said, before we know it, go and do it. He organized the professional training so that they came to this church and trained protocol and they became fire marshals, certificated. Someone says that, oh, there is this one state uh, training that you can do. I don't you are the one who knows it. Go and bring it out. They trained some people who became first aiders. Excuse me. I don't know about these things. But I engage the stakeholders internally to know areas of their skill and ability and created an atmosphere for them to use it. The same thing we train them, prison, um, what do you call them now, uh, chaplains. People who go to the prison because they are certificated. Now, all this is developing in church, and don't you understand? It, it pushes the vision forward without effort. Engaging with your grassroots lightens your burden. Now, uh, mommy started another group of the children who you see playing on the altar. You know why? She went to, we went to Ireland, and we saw two children at very young age. They were singing. They were twins. I think they were six or whatever. They are here. Where are the twins? Ruth and Sarah. Ruth and Sarah, stand up. Look at Ruth and Sarah. Can you see how tall the both of them are? Sister Ruth and Sister Sarah. They are twins. They started in the choir at the age of six. And their pastor allowed them. And mommy came to London and said, what are you six doing? So mommy said that all the six that can that are playing instrument go to the altar and then a boy of four join them too. <laughs> because you can see the youngest saxophonist in CFT. His saxophone is taller than him. <laughs> and he will carry that saxophone and, and, be, and be going like that when he's playing <laughs> Engaging with your internal stakeholders. It makes your job easy. 
And if we look at it also, we have engaged with external stakeholders, other organizations of like mind. Sometimes they will do conference and we go and sit down to learn what they are doing. We engage with institutions, academic, to go and see what they are doing. We engage with Christian institutions to learn from what they are doing right. And we bring it home and we implement. You must engage with your stakeholders, both internal and external. And you must have effect with the government. Are we together now? Every pastor, your local government must know you. Are we together? There are many initiatives in the borough that I will go. They will be very happy when I come. The one I could not go, I will send a member who is opportune, who has the time to go. And they will come and give me feedback. So that nothing goes on in this area that it will catch Apostle Williams on a, on a woe. <laughs> I can just show you one of them now. Look, this is church information. Church Greenwich, standing together Saturday 6th of April, Tafagas Square. The Church Greenwich information. Is that my email? So, you must engage with stakeholders. Because we are going to the end of our lecture. Alright? You must be creative. In your delivery. What you did today, do it better tomorrow. You must create other means by which things can be done. Engage yourself in political in politics of the area. Engage yourself and be updated on economic information of your domain. Engage yourself in your social and technological advancement in your domain. And make sure you match up with the technical technological revolution. That one I just give you a little bit a minute on that. You know that the greatest challenge that face uh, you know sustainable leadership or high impact leadership on earth today is the revolution in technology. Let me help you understand this if you have not taken cognizance. Robots are taking over the jobs of many people. So the motor industries now, many people who, are jo- who have jobs today, in about 10 years' time, they will be jobless because they will not be needed. You know that they are doing driverless car now. Car, you don't, you don't need driver. Driverless car. In about 10, 15 years, many organizations that run services like Uber and the rest of them, they will not need driver anymore. You know that they have invented something that they can inject in your body and it will kill all diseases. Yes? In about 5, 10 years or 20 years time, all these medical industries that produce drugs, we have to close down. Maximum in 50 years time. Are we together now? In technical revolution, they have invented several things. I told you about medical science, that somebody was a, med- a doctor for 20 years. 20 years ago, he went to medical school. When they use, they use hammer to kick their bone, and they use uh, saw to saw them together uh, apart. Today, they use laser. Proton therapy are taking over all this crude way of dealing with cancer of the brain. Now, technological advancement and revolution is called the fourth age revolution. You know, you have industrial revolution, the first one, you know, then the steam engine and drops of them. This is the fourth industrial revolution, and that is technological challenges. So if you're a pastor and you knew the Facebook of 10 years ago, it has changed. (laughs) Many others have come out better than Facebook. Okay? And they are coming on the increase. So a high-impact leader must meet up with all these challenges. We cannot think that it is only prayer, 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 prayer. Prayer has its part, but knowledge has its part. That's the reason why the Bible says that uh, do, 
Do everything in your power to show yourself approved. That is acquire the knowledge that is necessary. Therefore, closing to say that enablers of leadership are innovation, collaboration, and stakeholders' engagement, and creativity. These are the three enablers of high-impact leadership. Innovation, collaboration, stakeholders' engagement. That is collaboration and stakeholders' engagement is one sector. And then creativity. You have innovation one, collaboration and stakeholders' engagement, and then third, you have creativity. For this year's seminar, I think we tried. Put your hands together for yourself. Now, before I hand over, I want to say to you that you recognize that, yet, there are still many things we couldn't cover. Because as much as we were so timely, yet we have many things. Like budgeting. How do you budget for church? All right? And you don't need to be an accountant to do budgeting because I will give you all the information necessary, which will help you in budgeting, not for church only, but for your own life. If you don't know what your life cost you last year, and you are praying God for increase this year, then that prayer will be hard to answer. Because the Bible says the Lord will supply your need, and you don't know your need. Are we together now? And Jesus taught us to count the cost. You cannot jump into a venture without counting the cost. And then praying Jesus to jump into it with you. That is not faith, it's foolishness. I said I was going to teach you about faith and foolishness, the wrong party pursue. We can't cover that. We did not cover also your calling and then your calling as a shepherd. We did not cover also discipleship centered into how Jesus disciples his disciples. We did not cover also how are the mighty fallen. People that God raised in power and they fell by the wayside. What are the things, traits that made them fail so that you can, can be conscious of that and if you have some of the traits, you kill it. We can't cover it. So therefore, all that we cannot cover, we will suspend them until July for the prophetic voice minister's gathering. I will not cover this, that I cover this, this session, or what I cover now, I won't cover it in prophetic voice. I will cover other areas in prophetic voice minister's gathering. So if you want to know more, book now your space for the PBM. PBM will cost you money. But the money it costs you is the money of your hotel and your food. So, until next time I come across your path, remain blessed.